The Hump, episode 36, The State of Beer. Welcome to The Hump, your show about how to get one over in this thing called life. This is Brent Bowen. Chad Beeland. And season three continues after a little hiatus from a man. One week <laughs> hiatus. Yes. Because somebody was celebrating a milestone, dude. I have to salute you. Cheers to early retirement. Cheers to you, brother. Shutting it down. Not the podcast, but, you know, the whole work thing. The whole work life thing. It's just life now. It's just like, that's, that's nice. You're going to be not living to work, just living to live. Yeah. That's kind of weird concept. Yeah. I mean, particularly in your adult life, when you spend decades, right. Just having to worry about earning a paycheck, keeping a roof over your head, feeding the, the little ones. The one sitting on one side of your shoulder. I'm thinking about which shoulder she's off sitting on, listening to half of a conversation. Save, save, save. I mean, yeah, it's a routine. That's for sure. So how was the party in the pandemic world? Retirement party in a pandemic world. It was a zoom. So it was, you know, how good is it going to be? We, we, we suspended an episode because you had a virtual party. You had a zoom party. Yeah, well, it was one of those things. They kept trying to like come up with something. You know, they're like, well, we can go here and we can go there. And they found some place and they're like, yeah, you just, you know, it's uh, $350. And then, you know, you have to. And they were basically like, we're a startup. We don't have money to do this. Like, so they finally, like, the <laughs> afternoon, we're like, I guess we're going to do a, a Zoom. And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> Did they at least send you like 20 bucks so you could buy some of your own beer or something? No, or you're like, you had to dig into your own freaking fridge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I feel like I got gypped now that you, you're bringing this up. They could have at least Venmoed you $20 and be like, Chad, pick up a sixer from Lucas or something. Yeah. A card or something. <laughs> Shit. I got host. You did get host, man. I'm going to, I'll treat you better when I see you this weekend in person. I'll treat you better than. Then the company treated you. All right. They did. They did cut my last day an hour short, which, you know, I guess that's something that's money in your pocket. It is. That's money in your pocket. Time is one thing that can't put a price on. Oh my God. That's so funny. You said that because Avengers Endgame's on TV, like literally every night and I must watch it whenever it's on. Like I just have to stop and put the remote down. I don't. I don't know why. It's one of those movies that I just, John Wick, there's certain movies. If it's on, mm -hmm. I'm just going to stop. And Indiana Jones, any of the Indiana Jones movies, I stop in my tracks. Except Temple of Doom and Crystal Skull, but all the yeah. other ones. <laughs> but <laughs> the other two. Two of the four. The other two. Two of the four. But I, I turned it on the other night, and there's the, the one scene that I, I think is really cool. It's when Tony bumps into his dad in the 70s. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I've at, between WandaVision 
and Falcon and the winter soldier, there was that, you know, week period. Mm-hmm. And I'm like hardcore jonesing for like for Marvel, new Marvel content. I went back and watched all the Avengers movies. So I recently have rewatched Endgame. You watched all of them again? No, not like all 30 movies. Okay. Wow. Okay. I watched the four Avengers movies. Oh, okay. So Age of Ultron, like the original Avengers, Age of Ultron, Infinity War, and Endgame. Yeah. But that scene with Tony and his dad, I don't know, for some reason, it kind of resonates with with me on some level. I don't know. But, you know, he, he basically says, you know, oh, my dad came up with the occasional pearl of wisdom. And that's kind of funny because he's talking to his dad. His dad just doesn't know it. And he's like, oh, like what? And he said, no amount of money ever bought a second of time. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know why I love that that saying. That's so true. It is true. And it's it's very similar to a tweet you retweeted earlier this week from Denzel Washington, too. <laughs> Not right? the the actual Denzel Washington, but yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, too. No, that wasn't the real Denzel Washington. I didn't look at it close enough. I read the message and enjoyed the sentiment of it that I retweeted it. I thought, was that Denzel Washington? Was it's that not who even it was? spelled right. It's like Washington. Oh, Washington. Okay. But All right. he's still pretty good. All right. Is it? That's a mock account, obviously. Yeah, but it's, you know, it was good. I liked it. What was that one? Okay, here's that one. If you died tonight, your employer would advertise to fill your job role by the end of the month, but your loved ones, chosen family, and friends would miss you forever. Don't get too busy making a living that you forget to work on making a life. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Same, very similar sentiment. So cheers to you on the next chapter of your life, brother. I'm now a professional podcaster. You are. I guess you got to get paid to be a professional. I'm up. Yeah, I may have to throw some income. I may have to throw some income your way, figure out how to do that. So what are you drinking tonight? You're unlabeled. You're in a pint glass. I have a soft spot for the Dutch. You know this. I love everything Holland. And it's Broerge Keys. It's the Export Porter 1750. It's delicious. Well, for our producers, I may have to have you send me a picture of the label or off to track down untapped. Yeah. So they can include that in the show notes. Mm. I can only imagine how that's actually freaking spelled. Yeah. There's like some letters in there that don't look like they belong, but yeah, they're, and I'm sure I destroyed the pronunciation, but yeah. How about you? There's apostrophes and umlauts and everything else in there that shouldn't be in there. So I'm drinking a classic for you and me anyway, we're very familiar with this beer, but this is the imperial version. The This is the premium version of this beer, I would say, is the chocolate peanut butter imperial porter from Horny Goat. Hmm. What are the odds we're both drinking a porter? Mm. Well, it's cold outside. It's kind of chilly. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's when I reached into the fridge. I'm like, it's a little chilly tonight, so I'm going to go ahead and drink a drink something to keep me nice and warm inside so yeah that's a good beer it is a really good beer and considering tonight's episode we're going to be talking about it's one of the few breweries now i haven't been doing deep like news searching on horny goat as soon as we're finished with this episode i'll probably get kneecapped by listeners on oh horny goats you know participated in some sort of ism where they've you know been 
wronging people that are associated with them. But we're going to be talking about the good side and the bad side of the beer industry tonight. And then we're not converting to a beer podcast, but I do want to warn folks that probably over the next several weeks, you're going to want to listen because we're going to have beer and alcohol craft cocktail experts that will be bringing on to the show to talk about kind of the state of beer and the state of craft cocktails, because while Chad and I were on hiatus, we noticed a lot of things going on in the news that were kind of troubling. And then we've been paying attention. And fortunately over the last week too, we've been seeing some things that have been great that have been going on in the beer community. So that's good. To, that's good to see as well. So basically tonight's segments like beer, what's your problem? It, it can cause some problems, but I mean, it's like anything yeah. they're, bad apples out there, but you know, well, what was, what was troubling and I shared with you via text a couple, what was it last week, maybe, or earlier this week was that I think it was USA today, top 10 beer list of like the best beer cities and grand rapids, Michigan was number one on that list. And the linchpin kind of the crown jewel of breweries, which you and I love their beer. Yes, And I don't know how such if you've read the news, the, the problem has been founders. So it's the folks at founders and Chad and I love founders beer. We've featured founders beer on this show quite a bit. In fact, but apparently they have a, they've been accused of having a, a bit of a racism problem. And so that's been out in the news and, and been featured quite a bit around how they're not inclusive to members of all, all races and ethnicities. And so that's been kind of, that's been troubling to the point I've gone ahead and boycotted their boycotted their beer, but I found it doubly interesting when you and I saw that USA today piece and they're still considered kind of the crown jewel. And there was no mention of that in that USA today list. Yeah. I mean, they called founders out like grand rapids is great because of founders and yeah, I love their beer. It's great, but you know, there's more to it than just brewing. There's yeah. been some trouble brewing there. <laughs> very much so pun intended so that's going on and so i think that happened probably a little more than a year ago and then it's probably been what three four months ago even it, some of this stuff has started to hit closer to home and so anybody here in the Kansas city community i'm not sure if it's gone national or even regional but our home brewer boulevard has experienced some less than inclusive behavior to where there were employees being harassed essentially. And yeah. I know some of this because in my new, my new job, I just finished a good hour to 90 minutes. My new professor gig, I just had to finish an hour to 90 minutes of harassment training. So yes, people were probably aware, but they did not attack the problem or ignored the problem at Boulevard. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a male dominated industry, which there's definitely some toxic masculinity there, but a lot of it too, is how you react once, you know, the cat's out of the bag, so to speak. So the Boulevard thing was interesting because they, they immediately posted something on social media and was basically like, you know, well, we kind of looked into this and we, we, we really didn't find anything like, you know, we're trying to do what we can, but kind of almost felt like they were brushing it under the rug 
which made it 10 times worse for them to the point that the next day they basically tried to correct themselves, you know, and do it quickly. Yeah. I mean, their, their lack of a response publicly ended up prompting if folks were following this in the news, the pitch is chronicled a lot of the, the pitch, which is a local kind of alternative news organization here within Kansas city chronicled a lot of what was happening within the organization. And essentially with that non-response soon thereafter, you saw the CEO resigned for lack of addressing the issue. The chief marketing person or the VP of marketing ended up resigning as well. The circumstances around that are a little bizarre just around, you know, there were some social media posts that I think the VP of marketing had put out saying that basically I had tried to change some things and the words that came out the prior day were not hers. And so, you know, I was being ignored as well, but it's just, but then also what was super fascinating has been fascinating through this journey is a lot of the employees of Boulevard have rallied together and said, we love working here. And the problem is, is we had a couple bad apples and unfortunately those bad apples were in leadership, but don't punish the rest of us. Don't punish the rest of the family because we had a patriarch or a couple patriarchs that were assholes, right? Don't punish the whole brewery, which that was kind of interesting to see because I'm not really seeing that from a lot of other organizational responses when you're dealing with the crisis communication where the employees rise up and not only did they rise up and say, we want to address the problem. And they're like, okay, the problem's kind of getting addressed now. So don't, now that we're addressing the problem, don't, don't punish the rest of us. Right. That was kind of, that's the way I took that response. And I thought that was super interesting. Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of would hope and traditionally that this comes from the top down, but it's almost like the levels at the top kind of were either didn't think it was a big enough deal or were willing to ignore it. And that's where, yeah, I mean, it was like over half the employees are like, if we don't write this ship, then we're all out of here. You know, that's, that's not the environment we want to work in, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, it was definitely a mutiny. And then once the mutiny succeeded, they raised the flag and they were like, Hey, 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 we're everybody that you've, that's mm-hmm. loved us, continued to love us. And I thought it was super fascinating. And, and I think this is where we're going to have some guests come on the show. Cause you asked a really interesting question, you know, right after this was taking place and, you know, I I'm bookending this with the last or juxtaposing this with the last statement we just made was you said, when's it okay to go back to Boulevard? Like, when is it okay to be their consumer again? So for instance, like with founders, because founders response has been consistent. It's been a complete lack of response, right. To some of the allegations and everything else, as far as I've seen, and I haven't gone back to check and I need to go back and check again, but their response has been that way. Boulevards has been very different. I boycotted founders. I'm kind of in this journey of, you know, what do I do with this? What do I do with Boulevard? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of one of those things, you know, I mean, it's, it's a buzzword right now that I hate, but the cancel culture stuff, I mean, is it okay for us as consumers to want to hold them responsible and to do the right thing? Yes. But yeah, when they finally are like, okay, yeah, we fucked up. 
you know, this was wrong. We've made, we've committed to making steps to improve this that include this, 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 and this, you know, that to me, that's kind of like they're, they're at least attempting to walk the walk. So is it okay then? Or do you have to, how long do we have to wait before, you know, it's socially acceptable to, to proclaim that you, you know, you still like them and love them and yeah, the, the good news is with that is there's a lot of choice now, right? You and I are drinking completely different. You're drinking a beer from Holland. I'm drinking a beer from Wisconsin. Even during the pandemic, even though beer consumption was down, a lot of new breweries were opening up. So there's, there's choice now that if you, if for whatever reason, the answer is we're not going back. Right. And you decide to completely cancel them for forever. You know, that's each person's individual decision to make around whether they go back and associate themselves with that brand or enjoy the product. The good news is, is, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of choice. Yeah. I mean, it's tough because, you know, Boulevard's been part of my life for, since I've been an adult, like when I was legally able to start drinking, actually they were out before I was legally able to start drinking, but (laughs) I've been drinking Boulevard for 30 years. And it's kind of like when you find out like your your favorite athlete or your favorite actor is really an asshole, and you're like, you know what? Why you got to do that to me? You know, like we had something going here, and now you you just shit all over it. Yep. No, and I hear you. That's that's the thing is, and you've been with the brand a long time, and quite frankly, I love a lot of their beers. Yes, and so do. And so do we're going to, we're going to get into lists and talking about some list stuff here in a minute. But one of the interesting lists that got sent was major league baseball went out and looked using untapped, looked at every major league ball clubs, favorite beer based on consumption numbers from untapped. And it was a Boulevard beer. That was number one. It was space camper cosmic IPA, which is Becca's like staple beer. Yeah. It's a fantastic beer. So how, how's Becca going to respond when I'm slapping that shit out of her hand this summer? Probably <laughs> not. Well, she opens one and you just dump it out. I just dump it out in front of her. And I'm like, they hate women at Boulevard. What are you, what are you doing? Yeah. And then she, because she probably doesn't even know. Right. I don't even think I've talked to her about some of this. Oh, I mean, yeah, you kind of have to be a beer nerd to, to catch some of this stuff, you know? Yeah. I feel like they're taking the right steps. They brought John McDonald back, the original godfather of Boulevard. He's not going to put up with that shit. You know, they fired some people. They put some changes in place. They're documenting. They're basically like, we're going to be completely transparent from here. You know, we want to be better. So I'm cautiously optimistic that they're on the right path. Yeah. And like you said, I likely won't be punishing them for forever. That being said, and not punishing everyone, look, the whole beer community is not shit. Not everybody in it shit, like we were t- talking about with all the employees that work for Boulevard. One of the websites, and this came up actually in my master's class. I had a uh, one of the one of my students is her name's Laura, and she's a complete beer and craft cocktail nerd. She actually shared this website with me, and I think it's based out of Seattle called Good Beer Hunting. And their mission statement is 
It's really interesting. It's like stick to beer with the question mark. And it says everything we love about beer represents the values we live by in the wider world, the people, places, and especially the priorities we set as a society shape every pint. And then they talk about Black Lives Matters, climate change, and ending gender-based violence, right? So a lot of the, we didn't, you and I didn't even get into the climate change because ostensibly beer making is an agricultural endeavor. I mean, my wife was hauling grain. She used to work for a brewery, you know this, because I, I put on a lot of my weight because she would bring home a free growler every week from work. And she would haul the spent grain back to the farm that they could use for feed and other things for livestock. I mean, it's an agricultural activity and there, there needs to be an eco-friendly process by which they're, you know, we're creating, you know, we're brewing beer and using it as part of the natural exchange of, of life. Right. And so this, I love this website, this good beer hunting. If people haven't checked it out locally, I mean, you and I know a lot about beer and the fact that this was new to me, it was brilliant. I was like, I love this. They've got a corresponding podcast. Some point I'd love to connect with these guys, but I just thought the sentiments and the time in which they decided to start sharing this mission information and making it front and center was so appropriate. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I hate when the people say to athletes, like stick, stick to sports, like, we're all humans still like it's okay for people to have an opinion. You may not agree with it, but it's cool to have one and talking about being eco-friendly. I mean, that is one area where Boulevard, I feel like has excelled. I mean, yes. their facility is pretty massive and it's a zero landfill organization. Like they're net zero on their, their trash and whatnot. They have these ripple glass giant dumpsters that, it's their program. They have them all over Kansas City. There's got to be at least 150 of them around the city where take your glass, drop it off. We're going to recycle it for you. I mean, they've done really well in that respect. And I will yeah, commend and, them for that. Yeah. And likewise, I would, I, I'm so glad you brought up the eco friendly component of Ripple Glass because as much as we just derided the former CEO for not dealing with some of the har harassment or harassment tomato tomato terms of pronunciation but he was the one that is largely responsible for creating ripple glass mm -hmm. and putting it out in the community and seeing the benefit of it yeah it's it's one of those things where you talk about it's not all black and white people are gray in a lot of ways and but the cool thing about you know the good beer hunting and why we want to talk about this is i always viewed the pub i always viewed the brew house i always viewed that we're talking about hitting a patio this weekend, right? Mm -hmm. I always envision that place being a place of community, right? And, and, an exchange of ideas and the notion of, of it should be inclusive and it should incorporate these, these aspects mm -hmm. when, you know, I befriended, and this is what was so cool at Prairie, the brewer I befriended at, at Prairie was a black man, right? So it's so good to see him, you know, taking a lead role in the the brewing process yeah right and becoming part a lead component of well-regarded brewery mm -hmm. and so you know it may be one of those things we have a lot of opportunity you know for different guests to maybe ask or kind of bring onto the show to talk about some of these topics and i think we should probably hit on all three yeah 
I mean, it is cool because it's kind of a, a unique community and people that love beer are passionate about it. But here in Kansas City, there's at least two breweries that have women brewmasters. I think that's pretty awesome too. Big Rip and Service. I mean, it's cool, man. Like, I'd love to see more of this stuff. You know, you and I, over our years, we've seen a lot of breweries. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of yeah. like our jam when we go visit somewhere. It's like, okay, well, let's see the the main sites, but then let's check out two or three breweries and see what's what. And it's just cool because every city's got a different flavor. They're all different in their own way, but they're all cool in their own way. Yeah. And I'm ready to hit the road and, and do that again. I'm ready for the pandemic to be over, but sir. Yeah. Service. I'm glad you mentioned service in particular. Cause I think, I think service is all female staff too. Last time we were in there was yeah. Yeah. Not only all female brewmasters, but all female staff. Well, the other cool thing that happened recently, and we just talked about the pandemic and hopefully being, you know, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel related to the pandemic is beer station. One of our favorite places to go and get a pint. One of their regulars is a pharma, I think a pharmacy student and organized a vaccine drive at the brewery. That is awesome. That is wonderful. I've been jealous seeing the posts on, on Twitter and whatnot. What a cool idea. Come and get your, your COVID shot and have a beer. And have a pint. And again, he is, I saw the news clip and we'll put it in the show notes. It was from one of the local news stations. He said, this is the place to go when we celebrate. This is the place to go when we're feeling a little down. This is my community. This is the pharmacy student. I think his name, his name's Joe. I couldn't remember his last name. But John Couture is a really interesting guy. He's the owner of Beer mm-hmm. Station. I've, I've, I know people who know him really, really well. I actually, ironically, worked with him a long time ago. He's a former video production guy. He used to do video mm. work. Wow. And then, but just a big beer lover, and ended up creating a business plan and putting that thing. You know, saw it in other cities, and then said, "We need, we need one here in Kansas City," and then put it in place. I mean, it's it's the one place you know you can get a good pint. Oh yeah, I mean, it's consistently. I think every year in one of the top 100 beer bars in the country. I mean. Yeah, it's a really cool place. And when they do stuff like that, it just, you like them that much more. Yep. Yep. And they hit a rough patch a little while back, not so long ago. I think it was a few weeks back where somebody threw, somebody robbed them. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they were able to turn around and kind of brush that off and say, you know what, we're going to jump back into the community and do what we can to help the community. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Great job, Beer Station. Yep. We're ready Cheers. to be ready to be back cheers to beer station well let's that's a good segue to some of those lists because you were talking about best beer bars which you're right they have more banners than the than ku's allen field house yeah in that beer bar it's legit it is legit it's a great beer bar you and i saw a couple interesting lists beer list. And I think I mentioned one of them. We we've already talked about the one for major league baseball. The one that was a little troubling was the one, I think it was USA today's. It was their reader's choice. They were, and we've read, we've touched on it slightly. They had done a list of top beer cities and the semifinalists, I think were curated by beer experts, but then they allowed the readers to vote. 
on the best beer cities for 2021. And I will read them quickly and we'll put a link in the show notes in reverse order. And some of these cities I don't have issues with. I've been to them and they're fair beer cities, right? So you have a couple North Carolina cities in here. Some of them I've not visited and I really want to visit to go drink beer. They're high on people's list of saying, Bowen, if you love beer, you and you haven't been to, you know, XYZ, you really need to go. But number 10, Charlotte, North Carolina. I've been to Charlotte, had beer in Charlotte, fine enough beer city. Number nine is Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm drinking a Wisconsin beer tonight, right? Shots Brewery. That's what they're yep. known for. Yep. Fort Collins. What was that? It's from Laverne and Shirley. Shirley. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? I used to watch Laverne and Shirley, but couldn't remember that reference. Mm. So if it were the Jack Le- Lemon reference you made earlier, I did get that one. There you go. Off air. Number eight is Fort Collins, Colorado. I was there last year. I mean, there are a lot of breweries. I didn't check them all out. I think we made it to two of them. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, I don't know what the criteria is for this, but fine enough, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the next one was a little bit of a surprise to me. Number seven's Atlanta, Georgia. Isn't that where Sweetwater is? That is where Sweetwater is. And I've done a tour of Sweetwater, and Becca and her friend had a crush on one of the brewmasters there that gave us the tour. I don't so I think I think his name was Brett, mm-hmm. and they they were doing everything they could to spend time with Brett. But aside from Sweetwater. I can't name another. I can't name another brewery either. And the Sweetwater tour is phenomenal. They actually have kind of an upscale. They almost have like a smokestack series that the beer is excellent Mm. and their facilities are excellent. Not quite surly. Amazing. Not right there. Probably on par just a notch down from maybe boulevards tap room, but really beautiful. Hmm. Really beautiful tap room. So if if people do want to go on a beer, you know what? I take that back. There are a couple little, but the problem is I was so freaking sauced. I don't remember. I'd have to go back to untap to see where we went. There were a couple smaller breweries. We went to in a cider house that were really good, but still based on some places we've been, I'm surprised to see it on this list. Right? Yeah. Like I would view that as being an up and coming beer city, but it shouldn't be in the top 10. And we were there just a couple of years ago. So I can't see that that much has changed. Number six is Denver, Colorado. So within the Colorado family, but great American beer festival. There you go. That must be it. It's just the association, which you, you and I need to figure are they doing that virtually this year? I'm sure they canceled last Pro- year. I'm sure they canceled last year. They're probably going to have it this year. It's usually in the fall. So, all right. We, you and I have to maybe put that down. I got nothing but time. You and your new retired status. We can, <laughs> we can make that work. Number five, a city I've lived in. Love the city. More associated with now March Madness than I would have thought beer. Complete shock. It's on this list. Have never associated the city with beer. I can't name one. Can't name one Indianapolis brewery. Uh, There is one 
that my buddy Bernard, if Bernard's listening, I know has been bringing back from Bernard's from Indiana and there's been one he's been bringing back from, from, well, he's from kind of the, he's got friends in that Indiana area where he's been bringing some beer back. And I just can't for the life of me, remember the brewery name, really good stuff, but that's the only thing I can think of. Hmm. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania is number four. Yeah. You and I've been there together. We drank beer there. I just remember that one bar that was like a hundred years old that we went to and it was kind of cool, but it's been a while. It's been a while. I, I think of Asian fusion food more than I think of beer when yeah. I think of fill it and us almost dying in new hope, Pennsylvania, mm. yeah. a different story. I'm sure people have heard. Number three is Asheville, North Carolina, which we, we talked about North Carolina. This is a city that is not a surprise to me on this list because every time I mention beer and people are like, have you been to Asheville? Have you been to Asheville? Have you been to Asheville? Heard good things. Yeah. Grant, Brent, you'll cream your shorts. Got to go to Asheville. I know. Extreme. Maybe they have a lot of cream ales there. I don't know. Cream. I do like a good cream ale. I'm liking the minority there, but I do like a good cream ale. Number two, St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, my God. Did you just knock yourself out? Almost. (laughs) It was that St. Louis was in the list. (laughs) See, this is where I, I call bullshit on this list because I believe it it specifically calls out that it's the home of Anheuser-Busch. And I understand it's the largest brewery, brewery in the world, whatever, but that's not something you hang your hat on, in my opinion. No, 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 no. And number one we've discussed was Grand Rapids, Michigan, which again, associating that with founders, this almost feels a little bit like Major League Baseball fan voting. Or, you know, any of the sports fan voting where it's just like you had a very passionate local community and they're like, we got to, we got to, we got to save the day. Yeah, completely. Honestly, which we'll decide if we're in the triple D category. You ready for triple D this week? Yeah, let's D it up. All right. So we've been calling out cities, right? So. This week in Triple D, we're going to call out people who call out beer. And for those of you that are not familiar with Triple D, it's a little game we play at close to the end of each episode where we throw out a scenario and discuss whether it's a dick douche or dumbass move. And generally, these are things that we've, Chad and I have experienced. This week's Triple D move, what do you call someone who shouts out at a public beer event at the brewery where the beer was brewed to the brewer that the beer is bad. Please. I'd love for you to go first this week. You love me. Okay. So here's the thing, but here's my point of view on this is that you and I've, you know, there are all sorts of different flavors of beer, right? Yeah. There's more than one and there's preference for flavors of beer, right? So not everybody loves and question this one. The, the inspiration for this one's a good saison. Even in fact, we may say a saison brat. It was indeed extra band aid. Extra band aid, which isn't always a bad thing. It isn't always a bad thing, and then you just—it may be an acquired taste. And so, my point of view here is: people have different preferences, but it's rare, unless it's just made within less than ideal quality ingredients that the beer is probably bad. Like you can get a skunky beer. Sure. 
but generally if you just don't prefer that style of beer, the beer isn't probably bad. So what I would say in this scenario is if you're the person that would do this, you certainly, this is coming from a place of dumbassery to start with, because you're probably ignorant about beer in general. The fact that you would stand up and do it in, in a very public way while the brew master speaking about at a public event and call them out at this may have some dickish tendencies, but I would say this is, this is comes from a place of dumbassery. And, and just so you know, I sat side by side with one of my dearest friends who did this to, to the brewmaster, as you, as you know, all too well, yeah. former guest on the show. In fact, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not, for, not every beer is for everyone. Mm-hmm. I believe the brewmaster was giving his own opinion. Mm-hmm. So to question someone else's opinion on their tastes is, is a dumbass move completely. Okay. So you and I are the, the heart of this is a, it's a dumbass move. Yeah. So the question, the question was at the, at the time, oh shoot, who's the, the brew, the brewmaster I'm struggling. Jeremy Danner. Jeremy Danner since moved breweries. He's no longer a Boulevard. I was at a Boulevard tasting event and someone was interviewing, interviewing Jeremy and said, what's the best beer that you believe is brewed here at Boulevard? And he said, there's you believe. <laughs> You believe since you brew beer, beer, you probably would know. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, Saison Brett and boy, my, one of my best friends stood up and said, no, you're wrong. Jeremy Danner, that <laughs> beer is shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God love him. God love him. So Chad and I are both uh, agreed, and and I think my friend would raise his hand that he's a dumbass on this, <laughs> on this occasion too, that it's a dumbass move. Hey, folks, we're going to be talking beer for the next several weeks, bringing on some great guests, one probably a repeat guest to talk about the Boulevard situation a little bit, but we appreciate you hanging with us tonight. If you've enjoyed today's episode, go out to the Hump Podcast website and sign up for our newsletter. Remember, well, don't remember because we're not live yet. When Chad and I get back together, he's, he gets his vaccine this weekend, second shot, and we'll be back live soon from the studio. We're going to broadcast that live on Facebook each week then, so for now, don't forget to rate us and leave us a comment on your favorite podcast platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and my retired man's favorite, Stitcher. Take care, everybody. Bye.